Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Views from the Bridge, your favorite Philadelphia Union-based podcast, hopefully. Uh, brought to you by, uh, by Roughneck Scarves, your home for any soccer scarf you could possibly imagine, roughneckscarves.com, and produced by the beautiful Game Network and Podcast, bgn.fm on the interwebs and at the bgn.fm on the Twitters. I am your host, uh, not as always, because I was on vacation. Oh, but, but you so earned that vacation, sir, and I heard it was beautiful. It was a decent time, y'all. It was a decent time. Everyone go to Ireland. Highly recommend. The good news is I left you guys all a present. It was a winning streak, so you're, you're, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, if we lose that when voice you, come you just back, heard, it's all on you. It is. Ooh, man, that voice you just heard was now two people. The first voice that you heard that wasn't mine was uh, Cat Junior. Paul Catrino. What's up, man? Hi, I'm still recovering from birthday shenanigans, but uh, yeah. I'll be okay. Power through it like a soldier, my friend. There's nothing more noble than powering through a birthday hangover. Yeah, especially when it's been more than 24 hours. I'm clearly mm. on the wrong side of my 20s. <laughs> yeah. Happens. Uh, other voice you heard just then, uh, the wonderful Chuck Booth. Hi, Chuck. Hey. I like it. And the voice you haven't heard yet. Uh, the There you go. The uh, the Pittsburgh native, uh, Justin Ashcraft. What's up, Evan? What's up? Hey, I'm glad that we uh, you and I both got a four-point weekend. Yeah, yeah. That was it nice. worked out. It worked out it well. It did. Anyway, uh, guys, is the, is the team actually good? The team is good. I will make okay. that proclamation cool. right now. Cool. I think we could just end it there. The team is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Filled out few the Union are fun to watch for the first time in, like, maybe ever. Yeah, this is definitely the most fun team ever. I will proclaim that. Yeah. Very bold, not actually bold, statement. No, 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 that's the team in Austin right now. <laughs> I mean, it's not even for the fact that they went with a more attacking-based lineup against the Cincinnati uh-huh. team. It's just, like, they're doing it at... They're doing it on both sides as well. I mean, this team's objectively just fun to watch because they play with a lot of intensity and pressing, and it's, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Going into Nippert Stadium in the rain yep. Yep. and playing an offensive game and dominating it, that's signs of a pretty good team. Yeah, I mean, they're doing it at home. And on the road. They did it against Columbus at home. They did it against Atlanta on the road. They did it against Cincinnati on the road. Like, they're doing it everywhere. So, I think it's a sign of good things to come. A quick side note. Of those three teams we just read off, who would have thought that the worst of all three of them would be the reigning (laughs) MLS champions? Beside the point, totally, but, man. Well, yeah. MLS is a little upside down this year, and if that means the Union yeah, are going to go ahead and flip up to the top, then I'm I'm here for it. I imagine I uh, I thank you for the segue off the top for mentioning hangovers because I know the championship hangover is very much a real thing in in all sports. Uh but man, that's rough. Atlanta is not taking it well, which uh, I. Like, as a fan of 
um, not a very good historically MLS franchise, it's upsetting. But as uh, someone that can kind of understand where they're coming from as far as this team put a ton of money into everything right off the jump, I can get how like going from being really used to winning all the time to, hey, we're not playing that great, and we're not. Like, they haven't looked especially dangerous. I don't know. Um, I th- yeah, it's it's weird. I think Miguel Amaran might have been more important to that team than they thought. Apparently. Getting back to the Union, though. Uh, yeah, like like you guys said, 2-0 win over Cincinnati. Uh, the Union have not given up a goal in, what is it, like 310 minutes? Two straight clean sheets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and like a, a pretty solid performance against a uh, MLS expansion side that I don't think any of us or, or anyone in general really had a whole lot of uh, hope for. Uh, but they've been playing pretty well, have Cincy. And uh, some inclement weather and, and other things like that. And the Union go in and they play some really good soccer. And afterwards, uh, Alan Coach compares his team to the New England Revolution, which is the biggest compliment you can get as an away team in MLS this year so far. Yeah, I mean, when you look at how this team has been performing, I mean, this Cincinnati team in general, you, um, yeah. you knew they were going to be you know, well-organized due to the fact that <laughs> leading up to their last couple signings, they were mostly just a team of defenders and defensive-based midfielders, except for their one, Fernando yeah. Adi. But, I mean, they they do beat you on the counterattack, but there's not much you can really get going past this team because they are pretty well-organized as a unit. And, yes. you know, the Union were able to string together, like, 20, 25 pass sequences against the squad, like, kind of luring them in, trying to get them to press a bit. What I notice a lot of is that they weren't getting too many guys forward and they weren't really able to because of the pressure that our midfielders were putting on them. And it really left them in no yeah. man's land in a lot of their attacking sequences. And when it came to our counterattack, our midfielders were being so persistent that they were getting the first break on any over-the-top ball and we were getting numbers much more further ahead than they were able to handle. I think, you know, it deals with the speed. You know, the you know, you play with two strikers like a common Fafa up top and you're gonna be able to stretch them thin, but I didn't expect them to be stretched that thin where anything inside the eighteen for us looked to be a pretty decent scoring chance. Um fo- following up on Paul's um explanation of the game. Um one thing that I found interesting was that this was a game of adjustments for the Union because in the first half, they tried going out wide against um, Cincy's pretty organized back line. And it ended with eight corners and nothing to show for it. And then as soon as the second half started, they used their pace and then started cutting inside where there were open spaces and poof. All three points. Yeah, and I think we were one. I mean, we were, we were wondering like, how do you put Brendan Aronson and Marco Fabian on the same field? And I think like that's what we saw is we saw a team that is going to press, a team that is going to 
like not give a whole lot of room in the midfield. And then when you have speedy guys like Akam a and, and Pico up top who can who can stretch a defense, then that gives Aronson both both Brendan and Fabian places to go with the ball um, almost every almost every uh, every time they get it. You know, they have somewhere to go with it almost immediately. Um, and so I think that just makes um, I, that makes Bedoya and Medunian look ten times better than they have this sure. season. Um, and so I think that they um, they were freed up to play a little more of their game too. And so I yeah. think it, it works. And um, I know. Do we want to? I guess. I guess we'll, I'll, we'll throw in the listener question that we got related to it. But I really like this midfield four they've they've used or been using and i think aronson has really shown himself well um like more so than i think anyone really realistically thought he would um just because it i mean it is a lot and the you know quality of a guy like fabian of a guy like bedoya of a guy like madunian and you know those other three guys in the midfield who for better or for worse with their club the things that those guys have done in international soccer and with their countries respectively, I would imagine for a 18, 19 year old would be incredibly intimidating to be playing next to those guys. Um, but where does uh, Montiero fit in all this now that he's, you know, ready and, and has his ITC and, and, you know, made his debut, got a couple minutes in against Cincinnati. I think, um, for the first couple of weeks, it wouldn't be the worst thing to see him as a sub just to kind of get some legs underneath of him and then have the spots be open in, in training week in, week out. Yeah, I what I think is going to eventually end up happening is it's going to depend on the opposition because against yeah. Sensi, you can go balls to the walls attack and not yeah. really need to worry too much, especially with their injury to Adi. But... If you're going to go right. to, like, I New York Rebels aren't the greatest example right now considering how they've been performing. But it's but a perennially I, I good like team, you're going to want to go into yeah. them with a little more bite. And those are the games where you'll probably want to see Montiero in that spot as opposed to Aronson. Yeah. Yeah, you want to have someone who can absolutely disrupt them in the midfield just so that they really can't even build there to begin with. You know, you don't even give them the option. If you're able to push them outside, you can kind of contain them a bit, and that's what's really good about our center backs right now is because they've been covering really well for our fullbacks who have been getting up the field and playing relatively well. Um, And that's, once again, that's a Jim Curtin decision. He's got to be able to recognize when his opposition is vulnerable through that middle. You really can go at them with four relatively attacking-minded individuals in you know three with international experience and one who's just like chuck's been saying thrown dead into the fire said this is it this is your this is your shot as a teenager to work your way into you know by mls standards one of the better midfields you could put together in this league and he's fitting in like a perfect cog because he's not just doing it on the offensive end. He's being an absolute disruptor in the midfield. Yeah. And yeah. with him and Montero both there, that becomes a really big problem for teams that want to try to build up build up their play. 
And I think, I mean, you have to think about MLS as like a long season, right, too. So, like, there's going to be times this summer where we're playing seven games in eight days or something crazy like that. And, and like, you sure. you have to, like, you know, you have to have options and you have to have the – and so I think, you know, we get that first U.S. Open Cup game against the USL side. That gives us a chance to put Montiero and Aronson both on the field and rest Bedoya. You know, it gives us a chance to – kind of play with that yeah. a little bit where um you know it, i think i think there are going to be options and i think there's going to be time for both of them to get on the field um and i, I think there's going to be times where we switch that midfield up completely and so i think it i think it's, it's a good problem to have shit and you've got midfield depth that could permit you to go right. with Derek jones right. anthony fontana warren Crivall, and montero you yeah. could rest all four right. of your starters yeah. if you wanted right. to and that's even not a bad midfield I mean, also one interesting thing too, you can actually look now that you have shuttlers to go anywhere, you can realistically look at resting Madunin in it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if there's anyone on that field yeah. who could really, you know, benefit from having their legs fresh and being able to, you know, be springy when needed to be. You know, if Harris is fully healthy and he's able to go in these games, he's not as much of a liability as he was when we were seeing him thrown in week after week after week into that defensive midfield role with really no help except for Warren Carvall. And he's been doing it well because he hasn't needed to pick up as much slack with Aronson really Mm. running around like a madman out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, The one stat I really just want to point out, the union had fifty six percent possession. That for me, that for me comes down to Fabian and Aronson. Like both of them yeah. leave no room for midfielders to hang on to the ball. Like they, right. the Cincy midfielders had no chance to like have any sort of possession because both of them were just like all over the field all night long trying to trying to win the ball back as soon as they lost it or as soon as a teammate lost it. They were. They were right there. Well, and, and I, I think for Cincy, like, you look at the box score of this game, Darren Maddox was invisible. Kikuta Mane was all right. You know, I mean, Kenny Seif was probably their best player, and he only played a half hour. Um, and that's... As, as, as good as that is for the Union defense, if I'm in Ohio and, and I'm a, I, I wear orange and blue a good bit, that's troubling for me because yeah, not having a guy like Fernando Adi is going to make life a lot more difficult, but you know, I wouldn't think Darren Maddox would be a guy that wouldn't have a single shot mm. in a game mm. in 90 minutes. I mean, considering he would try something from 23, right? Like, well, he, he might shoot something into the stands, but Right, but he has it's still to get a shot. the ball, and without Saifu on the field for most of the game, which I don't really understand why you're going to sit your best attacking player at home yep. versus a good defense, but like, since he can do what they want, because it gave us all three points. Sure. <laughs> um, um, if if people want to start overthinking games against the Philadelphia Union, I'm all here for it because it's a pleasant surprise. I, I really didn't. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you get those moments. You get those moments in the expansion yeah. side when you're, you know, a new coach and you have those games where you look at your lineup and you go, 
you know what, I kind of think we were boned from minute one, and I just don't think they put out enough to really disrupt the union's flow. They, The union were kind of yes. able to play the game they really wanted to the whole time. It's just from an attacking standpoint, like Chuck said, what they were doing in the first half wasn't yielding them positive results, but all the union had to do was simply change their approach, which we don't usually see this team do, and boom, yeah. you got two goals in the span of 11 minutes. It's it's nice to see, and then you stay compact, you close out a game the way you should, and you go home with wins. You go home with dubs. I mean, Sensei should just be happy that corners in the rain are really, really hard to capitalize off of. Yeah, there's, there's too many. So too many. There's there's two things I want to I want to nip. Well, there's one thing I want to nitpick about the game, and then there's a, another. Uh, let me I'll stay positive, then I'll nitpick, guys. Uh, admittedly. I, uh, along with I think everyone else that wasn't Ernst Tanner and maybe the Philadelphia Union scouting department, knew nothing of Kai Wagner before he showed up close to the end of preseason. It is is this going to be like the find of the year in MLS if he stays the way he's playing right now? He's MLS uh, newcomer of the year if he keeps playing like maybe. this. Maybe. I mean, well, if... Uh, New- newcomers if, if, a high bar. Um, if Pazuelo, or however you say his last name, for Toronto keeps chipping people every time he scores, then it's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, I, as far as, like, fullbacks that I thought were going to have an impact, uh, yeah, I, I thought Wagner was going to provide something, obviously, but not not be, like, a rock-solid starter and, like, every MLS team kind of player. We also thought that Mbizo was going to be the best fullback on the Union this year, and he yeah, hasn't. But, start- like, we didn't have to talk about that right now, did we? Um, I mean, I'll, I will, I will 100% admit when I'm wrong about something. And sure. honestly, you're a smarter if it's man. Be, than I, if I it's going to be wrong about one thing, hell, I'm happy that Kai Wagner might be the best yeah. budget find in the league, and considering. Um, we brought him in for pennies on the dollar and Marco Fabian for free. Um, yeah, power to Ernest Tanner. I mean, I think I think Wagner has to be the find of the year in the sense that no one, I don't think anybody, I don't, I'm not even sure Ernst Tanner and the Union Scouting Department was like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be one of the best left backs in the league. I'm not right, sure that right, that's right. what they were thinking. I'm, I'm thinking this guy's going to be a starter for us and, and going to provide some good shifts. And he's a nice, give, he's a nice depth piece. Yeah, and give yeah. Real some competition or whatever. Sure, sure. You know, like I think it's just going to. I think that that's probably what they were thinking. And like he's turned into something. I think Atlanta. Like you think about Pity Martinez. I mean, everybody sure. knew what Pity Martinez brought to the table, and like he hasn't performed well in MLS. And I think it. I mean, right. it, it's a thing of you've got to get used to the league. And I, I'm just not sure that German football is all that different than MLS soccer. I mean, I think it's not. They're, they're very, very similar leagues. So I think for Wagner to step on the field, like he knows what's expected of him. He knows the physicality yeah. of it. He knows what he's going to have to do on the field. And so it makes the transition for him easier than it is for some other players coming from other leagues. Yeah. Uh, my nitpick 
I, I tweeted it out earlier today. At Speak Evan Speak. Go find me. Uh, quietly, I will say that I think Brendan Aronson is the best free kick taker. Or, or corner kick taker, I apologize. This team has had since Vincent Nogueira. Because, good lord, I haven't seen him hit a bad corner. Yeah, it's definitely uh, better than watching Harris uh, hit it near post every single friggin' time. Now, where my nitpick comes into play, speaking of near post, mm-hmm. can we put anybody on the back stick and just say, the ball's going to land on your head, just nod it forward? Well, that's the problem when our tallest guy on the team can't jump. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a movie in the 90s about that, so I'm not terribly surprised. So I think, I mean, I think the other thing is there too, like we had, a, we had the, the biggest miss in the game was uh, oh, no. Fabian, right. Fabian no. sending it right back across the net and a common Bedoya, like hit it with flailing. anything. Like, I'm like, what uh, do you, that, that what was do you expect miss? Fabian to do? I thought Almost. you were going somewhere else. No, no, no. That was like that. I just think, I mean, I think that was like. We could have been up one nothing at that point. Like there was no reason we shouldn't have. And both of them just kind of stood and looked at the ball. Like, what do we do with this? And it's like just get in front of it, and knock it into the net. Well, that's kind of Bedoya when he gets on <sighs> almost any ball this year, attacking wise. Well, but he at least recycles possession. <laughs> I'm not going to walk around and say I'm an MLS encyclopedia, but I really do believe that the Union have one of the lowest yeah. conversion yeah. rates. From like indirect set pieces, ever, like ever, in MLS, because corner kick. What? Like why? Why do people even bother getting excited for corner kicks nowadays? It's just going to be a cleared but ball they, they, at this point if they're they, not going to they, change they, their tactic. The Union are a decent free kick team. No, d- direct direct free kick. Yes, free when they're when they're taking direct free kicks, you know, on the open field. Yeah, they're lethal in front of net. My God, they cannot do anything with dead ball free kicks. It's I mean, that, that, that comes, comes down, down to coaching. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do something different if it's not working. Well, well and- I, I, At this point, we can't ask Jim Curtin to do too much. We're seeing halftime adjustments for him, which is good. Yeah. Um, we had a formation change. Remember that? That was fun. Yeah, there was an actual a legitimate formation change. No, there's there's progress. Maybe in year seventy eight, Jim playing Curtin the will master set pieces. We are pushing Jim yeah. Curtin so much right now, and I know we're asking a lot of him. And you know what? You're doing a super job. Like much better, Coach much better managing the game from now as compared to last year. Here's the next step. Set pieces. Do something with them. Re- Bring Paul out for a training session. He'll coach it himself. On the origin of set pieces. Do something. Is that on Netflix? Yeah, don't. No, I don't, don't friggin' know. I'm sure there's one on YouTube somewhere that some 13-year-old mm. kid made in, like, three hours. It's uh, it's set to a really bad off-cover mix of, like, ten hours or something. Uh, but that, anyway. I mean, I, I won't sit here and criticize what he's done so far because I've been doing that for the past few weeks, and clearly he's been listening to us, and it's been going super yeah. so oh, far. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But if the union are able to convert 10% more from those set pieces, which equals to maybe one goal every couple games, you know, that's still huge because then they're not pushing for mm. it all the time and they're not prone to make these mistakes in the open field that we're so used to seeing from this team. Because that's really what kills this team now, is when they just make those stupid mistakes. Most of the goals that they've conceded this year have just been from dumb, careless mistakes by one individual. You know, it's not been a team thing in the slightest. I think think we have two other topics, and then we can get into the Golden Conceso. Um, One... I know we got a Twitter question about Jack Elliott, or, well, sorry, we got a Twitter question about Mark McKenzie, and uh, and where he has seemingly disappeared to, and and what it'll take for him to get in the starting 11. Uh, I'll throw my opinion out and say, I think if Jack Elliott doesn't distribute as well as he can, or if he doesn't improve distributing in the next couple weeks, Mark might get a, a look. And I think he'd also be a little more dangerous off of corners. Yeah, I think there's definitely an athlete. He's a better athlete, for sure. And, you know, what really comes down to Elliott's place on the field is the fact that he can take the top off of a defense if he so chooses to do so. But the last couple games for him, you've seen definitely less of that. Yeah. And... Yeah. If he's not going to contribute on set pieces, and you know, Mark is a bit, Mark is able to cover those spaces the way Elliot's been covering for Wagner when he's been pushing up the field. So it's not even a question of that. It really is a matter yeah, of preference. Yeah. And if you're looking for someone who's going to help you on both ends of the field, and that answer I think is yeah. Mark McKenzie. If Elliot's going to simply focus on the defensive aspect of the game, which is obviously weird to say about a defender but you know you're kind of going to need it with this team hell i mean he was even a bethlehem steel signing yeah um so that it's it's a tough one because as of right now sure the union are basically running with the if it ain't broke if it ain't broke don't fix it 11 um especially when it comes with the back line yeah and until there are mm. realistic problems defending, until we get two games in a week, you can't really justify bringing in Mark McKenzie, especially considering yeah, yeah. he start, um, started the season injured, potentially is still working on returning to full fitness for all we know. And mm. like Jack Elliott has... In an immense understanding with Ray Gaddis, which is extremely important as well. I don't necessarily even understand the like <laughs> need for McKenzie to be in the lineup. Like I understand, like I mean, I sort of understood the Twitter question of like right. we have been focusing it on this homegrown talent and homegrown sure. players and like whatever. So I understand that Jack by definition isn't a homegrown player but he came straight out of wvu to here so it's like it's not like he not like he went somewhere else and has been somewhere else and then came into our system like 
since he's played professional soccer, he's been with the Philadelphia Union. So like, I would imagine. I don't. I, he's as yeah. close to a homegrown player as you're gonna get without calling them a homegrown player. Right. So I just I don't think I don't think that that is is a necessary bonus of McKenzie over Elliot. I do think McKenzie is just McKenzie for me last year was just a li- a touch a little bit more raw than trusty, and I just feel like there's a, there's just a little difference between the t- those two players, and I'm not I'm not mad about it, and I don't think that they're it's not overcomable. Um, I, I do think it's interesting how McKenzie's not getting minutes, period, right now. Uh, like, play him at Bethlehem if you're not going to play him with the Union. Like, keep keep his soccer legs underneath him. Like, keep him going 90 minutes at a time or 85 minutes at a time or something. Um, but I'm not going to, like, be like, oh, we need to get McKenzie in this lineup with the way the back line is playing. Yeah, you can be a play-your-kids style of team and not have to play all your kids if they're not, you know, ready to go and not the right fit for the squad at the time, you know? It doesn't change the notion of the Union being an academy-focused squad. It just means that right now, Mark McKenzie isn't working out right now. And if you're, like Chuck said, if it's not broke, there's, there's no need to make any adjustments to it. Yeah, and also, like, I'm pretty sure by this time next year, Jack Elliott won't occupy an international spot because I'm honestly surprised he doesn't have his green card yet. And honestly, um, circling back to green cards, how did we get an international spot for Montiero? Because I feel like we're, like, days away from an announcement that Jack Elliott actually has his green card. I, I think we're actually days away, if not already have the announcement, that Burke and Blake both have theirs. I thought they already had theirs. Um, mm. I, it's, they it's, were like... It's really hard to keep up with this stuff. It is. It is. I think they were like super close. If not, they have it. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like if anyone ever wants to find out something about the the green card status, they have to like wait for the player to post something on Instagram or like ask the club. Yeah, it's usually how it goes over here. We'll figure it out, whatever. But yeah, there's got to be a spot open, clearly. Yeah, Burke is still listed Um, as an international. Uh, Blake, Blake is not. Blake is not. There you go. There's one. That's good. Surprised it took Dre that long, actually. Yeah, it's it's really weird because the speed of your green card depends on the power of your agent. Yeah. Um, speaking of speed and power, <laughs> I am thrilled to announce the MLS Comeback Player of the Year's uh, David Akam. <sighs> Yes, it is. He, yes, it is. Honest to God, yes, he doesn't even need to do anything else. It's just a wrap. Like, what a revelation. I'm actually a little upset he didn't make Team of the Week again. Did he not? Hey, he there didn't. were some amazing forward performances this past weekend. There was. There was. But I think 
Uh, no, 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 no. I He'll get team of the month, I imagine. But I was going to say, like, his consistency has been a really big factor in the union doing well. And it has been. But when you vote for player of the week, that's not really something you uh, you take into account. So I'll, I'll shut, shut up. up. Yeah, I mean, we had a couple hat-trick performances this week from players around the league. And you can take that yeah. for what it's worth. But, yeah. man, yeah. you know, when you're looking at... Marco Fabian and David Akam in general, two non-factors last season for different reasons. One being one wasn't sure. on the freaking team. The other one was he was playing the whole year hurt. These are top yeah. 15, top 20 players in the league when they're at their best. And those are pieces the yeah. union didn't think they were going to be accounting for a month before this season was going to start. And it's totally changed the way this team is going about their business. And I, it, it's simply wonderful to see because at, when you look at those teams who have made those huge DP signings and, you know, have seen the benefits of them pay off, it's really nice to see that Philly DPs yep. are actually pulling yep. their weight and earning their money. I'm just really happy that... Now that David Akam is back on the field with playing with confidence, that we can completely chalk up last year to his injury and being yes. a blip and not yeah. David Akam potentially being a bust for the union. Because yeah. there was way too much money put into that for that oh, yeah. to fail. Um, I think. Well, first, I, I think it was just the name change. I think that's all he actually needed to do was change the name on the back of his jersey. But uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Akam, Akam played a, a hell of a game. I mean, just yeah. uh, the the ways in which the pass he put into Fabian, I mean, every everything he did was just good. Uh, I mean, he was yeah. in the right spots. He took took up great positions found holes in the defense like yeah i think that was part of i mean that was to give the credit to jim Curtin after having you know bashed him on this podcast for the last couple weeks sure uh, that was that was part of the i mean that was part of the plan right i think they put two speedy guys on the field and said let's confuse the heck out of this the cincy center backs and that's pretty much what happened and you know forrest lasso is huge which means he's not fast right and you, it, it does. I mean, there's not too many guys that are his size, which, don't get me wrong, great center back. But there's not too many guys that are that big and that built that are going to be able to not get put on skates by David Akam. Yeah, so, and yeah, it's for his speed alone to be able to do what he does offensively with this yeah. high-pressing mentality to have someone coming at you as quick as that guy is. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah you have yeah. Oh, yeah. no time to make decisions if you're in that back line. You're getting into like the 60, 70th minute and this guy's coming at yep. you almost as quick as Usain Bolt. You know, these these guys are fast, they're relentless. It's the same thing with Aronson too, but a calm just adds a whole other level to it because he'll come out of nowhere. You watch a lot of a lot of his Pressing didn't come from him directly coming straight on to a defender. He was coming from the side. He's trying to like yeah. blindside guys yeah. on the field. And it's wonderful because it's forcing it's them. A, it, 
it's forcing communication errors, it's forcing people to panic, and it's allowing these high-pressing fullbacks to really just make these interceptions and start with the break. It's awesome to watch. It really is. It's a little uh, Sterling-esque mm-hmm. in a way. Um, speaking of which, uh, a little bit of a comparison, not nearly as much money. I wonder if the pressure of not being the, oh my, like, oh shit, the Philadelphia Union spent a million dollars on somebody that he had last year, probably. Not having that anymore, probably. Yeah, because Marco Fabian has instantly become the best signing that the Union have ever made, unless Kai Wagner, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I mean, for immediate impact, like, things that you notice on the score sheet, Fabian, definitely. Maybe Dachkal, but I think Fabian is... Yeah, it has to Definitely be good to have three million dollar men on the roster as opposed to one. Just one, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Uh, well, speaking of signings that went really well for the union, good segue again, everybody. Thank you. It's time for your favorite segment. The uh, the Golden Consesa. Yay. Uh, Chuck, you have an answer that I don't agree with. Paul and Justin, I don't know your answers, but I'll probably disagree with them. Because I, in fact, have the best answer. Okay, there can be so more I'll, than one answer, so I don't see... Well, I mean, there can be, but I mean, mine is better than the other three that I'm going to hear in a second. But anyway. Oh, actually, I got the yeah. answer of how the Union got the international spot. Go for it. Um, yeah, so I, I emailed um, Ryan Schwepfinger... Hey, uh, Union Director of Communications. Great guy. Yeah. Hi, buddy. Um, Carlos has officially been loaned to the Steel. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right. Super. There you go. I love that they do that and don't tell anybody until after the season. Please don't get hurt, Andre Blake. Well, the you ask. We have Matt Freeze. Well, but yeah, Matt Freeze is there, and then if you need a uh, emergency call up, you can use those as well. It's just hilarious that that is an actual way to um, get an international free up an international spot. Tanner is yeah. just yeah, yeah, that's really good. Strings. Tanner's a beast, man. <laughs> I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Also, Whatever. Yeah, even better that um, our podcast is going to get to break how we did that. <laughs> Yeah, a bit wanna, of a scoop there. You want to talk about a good signing for the Union. Let's talk about Aaron Stanner. <laughs> if you want to talk about a good signing for the Union, let's talk about a USL team so you can stash some international spots. Yeah, right. right. Um, anyway, uh, Justin. Let's talk about, a, ba- let's talk about a bad signing for a Union and why he deserves a uh, fucking award named after him. Evan, right. let's go ahead and hear your great answer that you've so proclaimed from your high horse is the best answer. Uh-huh. Don't, don't we want to end on that? Because I feel like he's going to rant. Yeah, you know what? I, Fine, you're going to have to yeah. win. The anticipation's yeah. gone, yeah. That's, that's, that's how I wanted this to go. Justin, Justin, give us give us the golden can say so in your, in your mind. Um, I'm actually not going to give one. I don't know. Wow. I actually like all. All love this week there. from Mr. Ashcraft. I cannot. What is I this cannot, podcast? I can't be negative about this game. Like, see, that's um, why. This is why you're not the one from Philadelphia. Everyone just knows it now. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, that guy was just positive the whole time. That was weird." No, I mean, like, I think 
my problem with like giving one this week is I yeah. feel like it's nitpicky, and I feel like there are, that's fair. There's like I there are players. Um, I mean, I still, even after this game and the way he played in this game, which I thought was 10 times better than the way he's played for the first four games of the season, uh-huh. I thought Bedoya needs to put a stamp on a game every once in a while, like needs to have like, yes. this is my game and I'm going to, I'm going to put this, you know, and he doesn't have to anymore. You know, he doesn't have to always be that player, but I still would yeah. like him to be that player. Um, I thought Pico, like just the, on the, like, on the flip side of David Akam, like had a pretty ineffective game for like essentially playing the same position and doing the same sorts of things. Um, and so I, I have a, I have a hard time actually giving someone an award for a bad game though in this game. So I, I'm not, I'm going to withhold my award this time. It was a rather complete performance from the team. So I really good. can't blame you for not being it, but for future reference, be a petty bitch. Be nitpicky. Let's. I'll work on that for what next time. Paul, can we make that your Twitter? Bio? It's definitely not a bad thing to do. Can I put that in your tombstone, Paul? What? Be a petty bitch once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was beautiful. Um, Paul, do you agree with me, or do you have something else that you want to say? Well, what's your award? Oh. Um, so I'm going to preface this with, Uh I'm going to hope that it works how it did when it worked with Ray Gaddis. (laughs) Um, except unfortunately, I, uh, he's not the longest tenure member of the union, so I don't have as many good things to say. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, this week I'm firing Corey Burke into the sun and... (sighs) I would be completely okay if once a striker and a half are healthy for this team that he never uh-huh. sees the field again. Because yeah, that's that's he, the part I don't like about this this windup from you. But he came I, on in relief of David yeah. Akam uh-huh. and the union attack was useless from that moment on. And they were up to nothing and I and think he missed an uh, awesome chance to make it 3 nothing. That's fine, Awful. but like, as I, a guy that can that can come in, well, I mean, it's fine as a relative term, I suppose. Like, please. he had a bad game, and he's had a bad stretch. But like, I think there's not just union factors here. Like, Jamaica's been absolute pants, uh, and are gonna miss the Gold Cup probably. Andre Blake was pants in that game, and he came up with amazing saves in but, this game. But the whole team. But as a striker, you need like Dre is just consistently amazing, regardless of how good the union in front of him are doing, which is ridiculous. Um, well, here here's the thing: what if Corey Burke can only play alone? I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just think as a guy that only played like twenty minutes, you can't fire him off into the sun for missing a chance and then like not playing as incredibly well as he did last year. I'm just saying, what did he do when he came on? So fire him into the sun. (sighs) Do so. Do so. Guys, this is all irrelevant because my golden can say so goes to, uh, it's a branch of people. Uh, The MLS offices that are in charge of their media relations is A, and then B, on a personal level, uh, Philadelphia Union business manager Tim McDermott gets my golden can say so 
for being an idiot and blacking out the local soccer rights when his local cable network doesn't have video on demand streams of their games. But he's it is happy to be You, yes, moron. <laughs> yes. So, ESPN Plus is five dollars a <laughs> month. It has your league on it. You have a USL team that has games on it every week that I can watch back the next day, which I can do for everything in the league. And right now, if I wanted to pull up Minnesota United play whoever they played this week on ESPN Plus, I could watch it. But no, no, no. I can't watch a Union game now. Because if I missed it, there goes my chance. Since I'm out of market, I will set up a yeah. network of computers for everyone yeah. to remote into yeah. to watch Union games. So, Tim, buddy, I uh, I haven't really talked to you. I don't know a whole lot about you. He's, he's, he's very... He's actually a great guy. Uh, he's very much a private man, and I respect that. And I appreciate that in a way. I don't need him to be an outward-facing member of, of the ownership group or what have you. It's fine. I'd actually rather it be that way. But um, as far as ease of access for an entire market of people, when literally I think every other major sport in this in this market has the the ability to watch a game out of town uh you gotta you gotta set up something man and and for the love of god if it's flow sports i'm gonna lose my mind well the funny thing is i'm super pumped that jim from oklahoma can enjoy union games but when i need to go back and dissect some game footage i'm now you know, stuck in the ocean. And I, and I know this is a very where the media can't do, you know, what we want to do, uh, Golden Kinsesa of the week. So it's very narrow. But I can't imagine that there's not, you know, a couple thousand people that would like to watch a replay in the morning after or whatever. Um, and I know, like, hey, set it on your DVR is like a take that exists. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to break you, out the VHS tape to to watch the Union every week. Sorry, guys. You did you did mention another team, Minnesota United. I found out today has a 48 hour blackout on their replays. Um, See, that's of their days. local games. That's like okay. Um, so well, like so after 48 can't. hours, they can go back and rewatch it. Correct. Okay. Do, do, do we, we have that? I don't know. That's what I'm just saying. I saw that on that yeah. day. I don't know. And I know, true. like, I saw earlier I saw that online. FC Dallas does the same thing that the Union do. Yeah, like, Whereas not every MLS team has in-market streaming. And also, right. um, until this year, realistically, it hasn't been enough of a problem for the Union to address it. Oh, no, not at all. Um. Like, but like, how are you gonna get like also, like? What's an easy way to get new fans into the into the team though? If you just go, oh hey, the team being uh, if good you're and them yeah, good and accessible. Like, one thing I would like to say is that this year I've seen a completely different Tim McDermott because of the fact that he's not just talking to people in person. Because if you go up to Tim, he will talk to you, hold a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm speak to you about his views for the union, what he wants them to do, how realistically they're basically modeling everything the union do after the Sixers because uh, that is one of the worked. best promoted Philadelphia teams, period. Yeah. Um, and this year he has finally properly gotten onto social media, is listening to fan oh. concerns, is... And I, I- I think part of it too is that like when he gets on the social media, it's not people just yelling at him. 
Yeah, because yeah. with and I and I don't literally concern, just mean like Union Hulk. Appear. His whole gimmick Valid is that he just yells at people. The Union suck. Right. It's like, why aren't you doing this? And like for him, that's a much easier like the question. Why don't we have a a local streaming service? I'm sure I'll probably get a message at some point if he listens to this. I don't know. Uh, tomorrow, being like, hey, I'd love to talk to you about that. And like, great, that's wonderful. I just, I just want it. And like, we all like this team, and we want them to do well. And I want more people to be able to watch it. And I know that like, for being able to have it on ESPN Plus, which by the way, phenomenal service. Uh for a bunch of people in your market not to be able to click on your team and watch that game, it, hell, it might even be frustrating for him. I don't know. And like Chuck, and like what Chuck was saying, you know, it hasn't been that big of an issue that we've needed to address right. it now. But when you do have one of the major sports media markets at your disposal, screw the national appeal. Look at where you're set up. Look at where you're set mm. up. Take care of those people so that they can pledge for you. Like, they yeah. can be the yeah, ones yeah. who are witnessing the product and spreading that excitement around to, you know, the national level. If these fans aren't able to watch their games, how are they even going to be able to verify going to a game live or trying to tell <laughs> their friend to start watching the union play when right, they right. can't watch the union play? Yeah. yeah. So I, I I do agree I agree Evan you know I yet yeah, I I'm leaning yeah. more towards Evan's award than Charles Thanks, yeah oh I know oh, I know mine's picky, picky but, but yeah I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be gonna nitpicky, be nitpicky. And, that's fine and I I wanted to get on the soapbox like, I don't know I want this team to win MLS Cup and you're not gonna win MLS Cup with Corey Burke as your sub striker. Yes, and you're also not going to have too many people enjoy winning an MLS Cup if they can't watch the team play. Boom. Well, at that point, they'll all be national broadcast, so. That's fair. Also, though, uh, I feel like our Golden Casesos are working, though, because Harris had a bad game. We gave him an award. Turned it around. Better. Ray had a bad Gattis, game. He turned it, turned it around. So, we're, we're working on the things. person is Anderson Consesau. That Whoa. his aff- Whoa. any affiliation Whoa. with his name is so bad that a uh, professional athlete wants to turn his whole playing style and game around sir, to not be. A I would like to remind you. The other person we could name this award after, we just can't say their name. No, <laughs> no. I I have had a had a really tough time today pronouncing uh, your boy uh, Nipsey, whatever. Nipsey Hustle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man. That is a tough Uh Paul, I'd like to remind you this is nothing about Anderson Conceição as a person. It is much more about Anderson Conceição as a uh, soccer player. And and the minute you go, is hey. Is he still playing? At, at maybe, school? whatever. Um, <laughs> maybe, well, whatever. And, <laughs> and the only other person we could have named it after uh, was Steven Vittoria. So. Ooh, yeah. He's at least had a career after the Union. Well, and before he was with Benfica, so that's not terrible. Hmm. I'm now... Mm. He's... <laughs> um, and, and he's no, joined he the Ontario playing, whatever in the MASL. I was playing for mm, Salau FC. I'm sorry? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was playing for. Salal. <laughs> mm, Salal. Mm, Did Hanson, the boy band, buy that club? They were like, also, mm, Salal. He also has no appearances, so. Wait. He's on the roster. Well, you know how that goes. Oh my god. Wow, he, he, made, he, made, he made 33 appearances for um, Club de Registas Brazil last year. Great. I'm so happy for... Pillar of Brazilian football. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to get out of here before this devolves in even more of a show and wreck. So, real quick, uh, I would love for you to follow us on, uh, on the Twitters <laughs> at uh, VFTBpod tell us how great we are or how terrible we are or other things uh thank you to the beautiful game network podcast for letting us do this and releasing it onto an unsuspecting wild public crowd who seem to have feelings about it uh and other than that we'll uh we'll, we'll see you guys uh next week this is this podcast is also brought to you by ramen noodles this proud sponsor oh. of um salal football club mm, mm. Mm, salal Get in also, on that good stuff. Also, this is Paul's birthday podcast. Yeah. Hey. So go wish him a happy belated on our Twitter. It will be belated once this airs, but I do appreciate yeah. everyone for the support and messages I got today. You make 26 feel like it's going to be a great age, even though I just lost my original form of health insurance and now drinking hurts every time I do it but wow. seriously though this is going to be a good year and I appreciate it onwards and upwards onwards and upwards <laughs> fighting up the hill take care everybody take care <laughs>